You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? Yeah. If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Oh, yeah. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Just go to their website. Do it. TheTicketKing.com. Again, that's TheTicketKing.com. to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, Gil Martin. My co-host is my good friend, Sean Tian. This is this show I host, Locked On NHL. Sean was a sportscaster in Minnesota. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Sean, rough week last week for the Green Bay Packers, hoping they can regroup this week. If you can, you will, Gil. If you can, you will. Speaking of that real quick, before I get too much into that disaster that was on Thursday Night Football last week, we have a special offer offer for our listeners, 25% off the new Jerry Kramer biography, Run to Win. Just go to triumphbooks.com slash run to win. Use the offer code Packers Talk. Once again, triumphbooks.com slash run to win and use the offer code Packers Talk. But, yeah, it was a rough game on Thursday, Gil. It was... Uh, the trenches defined everything and how much the Lions just totally smacked the Packers in the mouth and the Packers could not regroup. They couldn't figure it out. And it was just, it was as ugly as it gets, in my opinion. But silver lining, young team, they're going to go through this. They're going to have games like these. Might as well have it early in the season. Yeah, I just wish it wasn't against a division opponent. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was it was rough. And, look, you can point to so many different things that went wrong, so many things the team could have done differently. I I definitely think the injuries along the offensive line were a big factor in this loss. Uh, There were no holes for the running game. They didn't even try to run, so that was also part of the problem. But also Jordan Love just constantly under pressure from that Detroit Lions front, and it, it was just... Overall, on both sides of the ball, an ugly performance. And you know what? Let's add a third side. Special teams wasn't so hot either. And, and you know the value of Elton Jenkins just rose so much. And his contract extension he signed last year with the Packers looks like a great value for the Packers because he's clearly missed right now on the Packers' offensive line. And then you had John Runyon Jr. right guard who was playing through an ankle injury that game. Zach Tom, who suffered a knee injury near the end of that New Orleans win, was playing out there. And probably a game where if it wasn't a division opponent, I bet they would have kept him out. Uh, he, he, he was still okay, but he wasn't, he clearly wasn't 100%. But then obviously, it, we know about the defense. They got gashed. We, we're going to talk about that later in this podcast too, in this episode of No Huddle Radio. But uh, the big story obviously going into this, Gil, that was, I, I think, a killer before the game even kicked off, was David Bakhtiari going on the injured reserve list hours before that game at Lambeau. And uh, players, they're allowed to return to the field after four games, but NFL Network reported shortly after the Packers released the news that Bakhtiari would be placed on the injured reserve, that Bakhtiari may not return at all this season. Uh, Head coach Matt LaFleur, he was asked about Bakhtiari's situation earlier this week, 
said after, uh, but said that Bakhtiari wants to address the media about his current and future situation soon. Gil, I'm, I'm the biggest David Bakhtiari apologist. I'm so sad for the guy. I hurt so much for the guy because he is the best left tackle in football when he's healthy. But I think his Packer days are over. Very possible. Very, very possible. Look, his cap hit is over $40 million next season. If he doesn't renegotiate, there is no way the Packers are going to give him that kind of a cap hit. He's, what, 32 years old now. Uh, the knees, you got to hope that they can be repaired with these additional surgeries. But, you know, we're going to be three years post the initial injury, and he still is dealing with swelling and issues with this knee. He's had at least three surgeries that we know of and is going to probably get a fourth. Uh, at, at some point, you do have to cut your losses, and I'm a very, very big David Bakhtiari fan, both for what he's done on the field and for his personality off of it. But it, it, it just seems to me that right now, the rest of this season becomes an audition to see, do you have the next left tackle on this roster? Or are you drafting one in either the first or second round next year with the hopes of grooming that player to eventually take over and replace Bakhtiari? And you hope that David Bakhtiari could be present to help these guys, but he's he's going to be busy doing his medical stuff, you'd have to believe. And it's it's such a bummer with David Bakhtiari. And I want to say one thing, though, big time, is the social media backlash, the amount of the amount of people who have attacked him, I don't know if this is just people just trying to go viral, people who actually mean it, knock it off. David Bakhtiari is not – not just saying like, oh yeah, I tore my ACL right after signing a, at the time the largest contract in NFL history for an offensive tackle. This is probably hurting him more than anybody else. And this is such a bummer. And you know that he has been working his tail off to get out there. I, I think his Packer days are over, Gil, but I think his playing days are going to be over after this. I, I really do. I just don't know. There could be a team like, say, <clears throat> the New York Jets who may take a flyer on him. Uh, you know, reunite with Aaron Rodgers, but how healthy is, is he going to be? I, I just, I feel like that knee just seems completely shot. And I actually read an interview uh, recently from Joe Thomas. He played, he was a Hall of Fame offensive yep. tackle for the Cleveland Browns from Wisconsin, from Brookfield, Wisconsin, not far from where I actually currently reside. And the guy played more than 10,000 consecutive snaps, but then he had a career-ending triceps injury that ended his career. And he talked about so many times at the end of his career where, uh, it, it's a great article in the Wisconsin State Journal. I recommend reading it where he said every week he just felt like he was not ready to go. And it was mainly his knees too. And he know, he, he could speak from that experience where he's like, Hey, I didn't have a traumatic injury this late in my NFL career like David Bakhtiari did, but I know how painful that is even when I was healthy to get back out there on a Sunday and go play another 70, 80, 90 snaps on a Sunday. It's so physically grueling and this late in his career. And Dave Bakhtiari, that knee has not been right ever since he tore it on New Year's Eve of 2020. And you just can't help but feel for that guy, Gil. It's just, it's, it's a bummer. But now we get to see if Rashid Walker, Yash Nyman, who the future left tackle is going to be because it's not going to be David Bakhtiari, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I think anybody who has followed David Bakhtiari's career, you know, no one questions his heart, his desire, his his 
you know, wanting to be out there on the field whenever possible. And for people to say, oh, yeah, let's just get rid of him. And, uh, you know, he's useless. And uh, it's insulting. This is an injury. You know, he has to also think about long term. I mean, he just had a child recently uh, with his with his wife. You know, in 20 years, is he going to be able to pick up his grandchildren if he has them or 30 years? What is his quality of life going to be? This isn't just about football. And, you know, he has life decisions to make. I hope he makes the right decision for him and his family. But to question his heart, I think is just you don't know David Bakhtiari if you're doing that. And speaking of you talk about his wife, my my wife loves to follow his wife on Instagram. That kid is cute, according to my wife. And, you know, it's hard to hard to resist picking up a child like that if you're David Bakhtiari as well. So, yes, he's a father. He's a husband. A lot more important things in life. It's just let, let's just hope for the best. And if it is the end of his career in Green Bay, end of his NFL career, you know, I, I just got to say thank you because the guy was unbelievable. He was uh, he was an absolute wall at left tackle when he played. And hopefully we see him again. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I just I don't feel uh, very optimistic about it. But speaking of injuries, we're going to get away from David Bakhtiari. Last week against Detroit, though, we mentioned Elton Jenkins didn't play along that offensive line. They were without Jair Alexander again at cornerback for a second straight game with a back injury. Linebacker Devondre Campbell, he was also hurt. Uh, starting safety Rudy Ford, he didn't practice on Thursday due to an oblique injury. Ford had an interception in week four against the Lions, one of their very few defensive highlights in that game. Uh, good news, uh, tight end Luke Musgrave, he left that game against the Lions with a concussion, but he has been cleared from the concussion protocol, looking pretty good for Monday Night Football. Cornerback and former first-round pick Eric Stokes also, who's on the pup list, was designated to return from the pup list on Tuesday. He suffered that nasty lower body injury last year, week nine at Detroit. He has three weeks from Tuesday to return to action. Unclear whether or not he'll make his debut on Monday night in Vegas. Uh, good news also, Jenkins and Jair, after not playing on Thursday, they have been practicing this week. Uh, Campbell, though, he's not practiced and suffering that ankle injury against the Saints. John Runyon Jr., he didn't practice. Uh, sounds likely Campbell's not going to be able to go against Monday in Vegas. So, some good stuff, some bad stuff, Gil. What do you make of this? Well, I think the most important thing is getting Elton Jenkins back. He is one of the best, if not the best, run blocker on this offensive line. So having him back in the lineup would be big. Losing Campbell again really does hurt the run defense, especially. I mean, I like Isaiah McDuffie. He's all effort. He's all heart. But his lack of size makes it tough for him to shed blockers and make tackles in the run game unless it's five, six yards down the field. So uh, I think they would miss him. And they're going to need Jair Alexander because going up against Devontae Adams, that is one of the big matchups that I'm looking forward to seeing on Monday night. Uh, it, it's a mixed bag, but I will say this. Regardless of who's ready to go and who's not ready to go on this offensive line, somebody other than Royce Newman needs to be lining up in this game, in the starting lineup. Uh, whether it's Sean Ryan, whether it's Zach Tom being moved over, you can't have Royce Newman out there unless it's there's literally nobody else left on your roster. I, I don't have anything against the guy personally. I just haven't seen him take his game to the next level after struggling as a rookie. And, you know, this is, what, his third season already? 
it's time to start showing some improvement. He hasn't, and he, his both his run blocking and his pass blocking really hurt the team. I don't want to sing, single him out because there were a lot of problems along that offensive line, but he was the biggest one. The Lions clearly hunted Royce Newman on that Thursday night game. Clearly, Successfully, it's, unfortunately, yeah. And, and it's just it, his. And we we talked about this, you know, when we first started recording together, Gil. Where my biggest bugaboo with Royce Newman is that he does not know how to read a stunt. He doesn't know how to block a stunt. It, it, it's literally elementary stuff. And I know he was a bit of a raw prospect coming out of college, coming out of Mississippi. I, I believe he was a tight end who converted to the offensive line. So it he hasn't played offensive line really for that long of a time since he's played football, but this is something you learn in high school. I played offensive line in high school. The whole thing, especially in pass protection, it's gap responsibility, and who knows? NFL protection is probably a lot more complex than what what we're doing at the high school level, but typically, the crux of pass protection is gap responsibility. You keep your eyes on a gap. If someone leaves, someone else is coming. That is the basics of pass protection, and he just does. it doesn't seem to register with him. Elton Jenkins is a master at that. He knows as soon as someone leaves, his hands follow and his hands bring him back and someone's there and he, he picks him up. And he's so good at that. And he, it's just something that a lot of fans take for granted, but the guy is special that way where guys don't sneak through unless they're bringing multiple guys through his gap. They, they just don't. Um, Royce Newman has definitely bothered me a lot. Give Sean Ryan maybe a shot. Yeah, Zach Tom may be moving over to left guard and put Yash Nyman at right tackle, who we've seen can play at the NFL level. And then another another possibility, you have a veteran guard on your practice squad in Michael Jordan, not the basketball player, but uh, but uh, former Carolina Panther. He's been in the league for a few years. You can give that guy a shot too. Who knows? There's just I, I feel like there's more more options than just saying like, oh, Royce Newman, he's our best backup guard, so let's just put him there. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, but you did mention uh, Devontae Adams, Jay Alexander, and that leads me to the Raiders injury report. Uh, cornerback Nate Hobbs, he didn't practice Thursday due to an ankle injury. Uh, Adams, former Packer All-Pro, Packer legend, Raiders wide receiver, still a stud to this day. He left their game against uh, the Chargers in L.A. last week with a shoulder injury. Uh, he did return later in that game, but Adams did not practice on Thursday. Something to keep an eye on before Monday Night Football. Starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, he's in the final stages of the concussion protocol Leads us to believe he'll probably be back in time for Monday's game for the Raiders. And, uh, Gil, we talked about Jair's injury and Devontae's injury. This is a matchup, and we're probably going to talk about this more later in the podcast. This is a matchup that we all want to watch, and we may not get. But I have a hard time believing we're not going to get this matchup. Yeah, and I'll even say this. 85% of both of those guys is better than 90% of the rest of the players in this league. So Bingo. Bring it. <laughs> uh-huh. Bingo. And just uh, getting off on that, too, is that with the Packers offense and the Raiders defense, what to know, Packers right now still a top-10 scoring offense. They're 27th in total offense, though, 30th in rushing, believe it or not, and 19th in passing. The Raiders defense, 18th in total defense, 13th in passing, 26th in rushing, 24th in scoring defense. The Raiders have the worst turnover ratio in football. They're minus nine through four weeks. They've given the ball away 10 times. They only have one takeaway. The Vikings are the only team that's given the ball away more this season through four weeks. And the New York Giants have taken the ball away less than the Raiders. They're the only team in the NFL that has not registered a takeaway on defense yet this year. Entering week five, the guy to look out for on the Raiders' defense, it's edge rusher Max Crosby, tied for sixth in the league with four sacks. 
Uh, Elton Jenkins, if he returns, I guarantee you he's going to see a lot of Max Crosby, this whole offensive line well. And, Gil, I think I'm kind of leading it to you where that's the matchup I'm looking forward to watch between the Packers offense and the Raiders defense. What's the matchup you're looking forward to watching? Yeah, that that's going to be a chess match because if I'm the Raiders, I'm lining up Crosby all over to take advantage of whatever matchup I can get. You know, he has four sacks. The entire team has seven in four games. So uh, he's got more than half. If the Packers aren't double-teaming Crosby, no matter where he lines up, there is something wrong. They have got it, whether it's a tight end, whether it's a running back, whether it's, uh, you know, a wide receiver. Somebody has got to chip that guy and keep him from having a clear path to Jordan Love. Uh, the, the other thing is this, and this is one of those weird matchups where the, the Packers run offense is what, 30th in the league mm-hmm. right now, and the rushing defense of the Raiders in yards allowed is 26th. Something's gotta give. Something has gotta give. The Packers have to be able to run the football enough to, to not be one-dimensional on offense. I want to see Aaron Jones. He's got to get more than six touches. I know he was on a play count last week, but six touches, really? I mean, I am tired, and I'm sure a lot of Packer fans are tired, of hearing Matt LaFleur in a post-game press conference say, yes, we've got to get the ball to Aaron Jones more. It's on me. Okay, once, yeah, twice, yeah. It shouldn't be after almost every loss that this team has, and last year we had uh, nine of them, you know, eventually you got to change your approach, and they should be able to move the football on the ground against the Raiders. And, and on the flip side, you know, the Raiders' running offense is dead last in the league, even though, you know, they've got Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing yards last year, and the Packers, as we know, can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. They're, they're 30th in run defense. So, I almost get the feeling whichever team runs the ball better is probably going to win this football game. And getting back to that Packers offense and Raiders defense, the Packers, they just drop back and through right away and multiple times against Detroit. It didn't work in that game against Detroit. They got to run the ball immediately. They got to at least try to run the ball, especially against this defense. And I'm not, I don't want to sound disrespectful towards the Raiders defense where uh, yeah, this is not a very good defense. And the one guy, there's only one guy I feel like you got to worry about in this defense, and it is Max Crosby. That's the matchup. It's Max Crosby against the Packers offense. You have to make sure you get two helmets on that guy at all times. If you do, I feel like it's going to be a great day for the Packers offense. Keep him out of the game. If he's not a factor, the Packers are going to feast. I'm telling you. It, it's just, it, it feels so much like it's going to be a get-right game for this Packers offense. Offensive coordinator Adam Senevich, Head coach Matt LaFleur, this should be the easiest game plan of the year. I just, there's no one really else in the Raiders where, yeah, they, they have a, a nice linebacker in Robert Spillane. Divine Diablo's an okay player. Trevon Morig could be a good player at safety one day. But outside of that, it, there's just a lot of question marks on that defense. And, uh, and that defense that also lost a guy like a Chandler, a Pro Bowler in Chandler Jones who got released last week. It's a very weird, comp, uh, complicated situation to explain. We're not going to get into it. We're not a Raiders podcast. But 
it, you know, look, look up some national news sites and check out the Chandler Jones story. It's very interesting going on there. So I feel like there's a lot of distractions with the Raiders. I don't feel like this defense is very good in general. Two helmets on Max Crosby at all times. That's all I ask, Green Bay. That's all I ask. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. He has to be priority one and priority two for mm-hmm. this offense. He's the guy you really need to stop. And, you know, the, the the thing that worries me, that sticks in the back of my mind, though, yes, this Raiders defense is not particularly good, but when you've got so many young and inexperienced players at the skill position for this Green Bay offense, you just don't want them to have a bad game at the wrong time against a beatable opponent. And I feel like it's... It's like what Mike McCarthy used to say when he was head coach. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. Yep. And I feel like the Packers, this is a perfect opportunity, especially for that offense, to rebound and to to get right. And it, they're going to be playing in Vegas where, if you saw a few weeks ago when the Raiders hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers, a fan base that travels maybe as well as Green Bay does, Packer fans do, that stadium is going to be a, a that's going to be a home game. There's going to be more Packer fans there than there were at Lambeau against Detroit. That's just my thoughts. But the Packers defense, Raiders offense – what do you got to know? Well, the Raiders, they're 26th in total offense, 15th in passing. And guess what? The Packers, they're 30th in rushing offense. The Raiders, dead last in rushing offense. They're tied for 25th in scoring, only averaging 15.5 points per game. You mentioned Josh Jacobs. He was the leading rusher last year in the NFL. He has started this new season very slowly, 166 yards on the ground. That's 31st among running backs entering week five. Uh, Raiders quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and eight, and rookie Aiden O'Connell, they've thrown a league worth seven interceptions this year. The offensive line, pretty good the first three games until last week when they allowed former Raider and current Charger Khalil Mack to wrap up six sacks against the Raiders last week in L.A. Uh, Devontae Adams is not the problem with this Raiders offense, with the Raiders' lack of offense, per se. He's doing what he does. He's the eighth-leading receiver in football, 397 receiving yards. He's tied for third in the league. With 33 catches, he has three touchdowns through four games. Uh, the Packers defensively, 21st in total defense. They're 11th in passing, and go figure, they're 30th in rushing. So what do you know? 20th in scoring defense. The third down defense, the Packers, you know, looking at this, it's actually been decent. They're 10th in third down defense. Opponents are only converting on less than 34% of their third down conversions against Green Bay. Fourth down, they've been really bad, though. They're allowing teams to convert 78% of the time. The, the Lions just, you know, they just wreaked havoc against that, that Packers defense last week. Uh, also for the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's the starting quarterback, likely going to be back after a concussion, uh, held him out last week in L.A. Uh, while he was with the San Francisco 49ers, when he started, including the playoffs, the 49ers were 3-1 and one against Green Bay. Garoppolo completed 64% of his passes, threw for 718 yards and four touchdowns and two interceptions in four career starts against the Packers. And Jimmy G just always seems to be a thorn in Green Bay side, Gil, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I always hesitate when facing Jimmy G just because of the way he's handled this team over the years, and it's never been a pleasant thing. Look, I think when I'm looking at these matchups, the right side of the Raiders' offensive line is vulnerable. You go center, right guard, right tackle right now, I think the Packers should be able, Rashawn Gary, let's get Preston Smith and Kingsley and Igbari going at pass rushing. Carl Brooks, Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, they've all been able to get some pressure. 
uh, on the quarterback. They should be able to get some pressure on Jimmy G. And, you know, the other concern to me, Josh Jacobs, you don't want this to be the game he wakes up. And I just don't trust this run defense no matter what. It's not that there was a uh, we talked about the Atlanta game where it looked like Green Bay missed so many tackles in the backfield. They had so many opportunities to bring down Bijan Robinson in the backfield in week two, that loss in Atlanta. But last week, they're getting blown off the ball, that defense was. They weren't even touching David Montgomery until he was three, four yards past the line of scrimmage. It was pathetic. It's you got to think that the Packers are not going to have that deflating of a performance on the in the trenches again, especially against a Raiders offensive line that is weak, like you were saying, Gil, where that Lions offensive line is very one, good. One of the best in the league. It's very good, and they've invested a lot in it, and it's very clear that that investment is paying off because that is a very good offensive line. This Raiders offensive line is not very good. I, I feel like, too, you can put six in the box. You can really – you can go mano a mano. I trust R.D. Lyman. I trust Kenny Clark. I trust Rashawn Gary. I trust Preston Smith. I trust Devontae Wyatt to make plays in a one-on-one situation. You can have a four-man rush on a third and long or second and long or pa- clear passing situations, and you can win against this offensive line. The Packers can really, really do some damage on defense. It's just a matter of, hey, are we going to execute? I, I, you know, it's just Joe Barry, I, I think his head is swimming, and I don't like the substitution packages he's been doing, especially in goal-to-go situations for opposing offenses, which is mind-boggling to see that they don't have bigger beef out there. and I don't know if it's a miscommunication issue or if it's just a coaching issue, but regardless, it still comes down to the defensive coordinator, the guy running the show. And it, again, it's like we talk about getting getting right, and this feels like a get-right opportunity for the Packers' defense too. And Jair Alexander, the last time he played was in Atlanta, and Drake London roasted him. This is an opportunity for him to get right, too, against a former teammate who he saw in practice every day for multiple years in Green Bay. And add to the fact that it's nationally televised and that he knows he played poorly against Atlanta, which was the last time we've seen him on the field. You know Jair Alexander's personality. He is going to be hungry to have a good game. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this. I would be shocked, really, really shocked, if... Devontae Adams doesn't get five, six, seven catches. The key is how many yards, how quickly, and how important are those catches. If he has seven catches for 56 yards, I'm fine with that. As long as it's not on third and seven, he gets eight, and then on, you know, fourth and goal, he scores. You know, he's going to get his catches, but how meaningful are they going to be? And that battle, that game within a game between Jair and Devontae is going to be worth the price of admission for this game on Monday night. And you talk about he's going to get his catches where the last game he played as a Packer was in the playoff loss against San Francisco at Lambeau Field. Devontae had, what, 10, 11 grams that game? And, but the thing is, San Francisco kept him out of the end zone and he didn't, and they avoided the big play. It was a lot of, Short routes, there's a lot of short throws, and that's how the Packers kind of have to approach this. And whatever blueprint, whatever the, the plan was against Justin Jefferson in last year's game for the Packers at Lambeau Field, it's got to be the same against Devontae Adams. That's that's about as comparable as it can get where have Jair follow, follow Devontae Adams everywhere, give him help over the top, give him help inside, let Jair do his thing on the outside, and just go to work and, and just let the defense – and I feel like the defense can really, really hum in this game. But – 
we talked about that Jair Devontae matchup. And that's that's going to be the matchup to watch, obviously, between the Raiders' offense and the Packers' defense. Uh, Gil, give me some reasons why why the Packers win this game on Monday night. I think they win this game if they run the ball enough. Doesn't even have to be for a hundred yards as a team, but run it frequently enough and even be average. Okay. Give me 20 runs for 80 yards and I'll be happy. Uh, they have to run the ball enough. And I think if they win the turnover battle, they're going to win this football game. And you're kind of alluding to what I was thinking too, Gil, where the rushing offense and the rushing defense though, if they get it together, it's going to be a really good game. If they can figure it out, it's going to be a really good game. Don't let Josh Jacobs have his breakout game of the year. He's He has struggled this year behind that weak offensive line in Vegas, and don't let him get it right. Don't let the offensive line get something going. And you talk about generating turnovers. The Raiders have given it away a bunch. They haven't taken it away at all. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Be the aggressor. Force turnovers. And another factor, too, that's going to lead to a Green Bay win if they do win Penalties are penalties come way down. Uh, the Packers, the amount of times they've been penalized the last three weeks has been a problem. They are now ninth, tied for ninth most in penalties in football with 28 this season. That number just keep, continues to climb, and they keep getting higher and higher up the board, which is not a good thing to be high in the top ten on. they got to get more discipline. they got to figure it out. You're going to have a home crowd behind you. Noise should not be a factor. False starts should not be a factor. Delay games should not be a factor. Those pre-snap felonies should not be a factor. This is practically going to be a home game in Vegas. Uh, Gil, why does Green Bay lose? Green Bay loses if they abandon the running game and if they can't stop the running game. I think that those are going to be the two things. And and the other thing is if Garoppolo has all day to throw, he'll he and Devontae will pick this defense apart. And that and I'm I'm with you on that too. Where. The Raiders, not the Packers. We talk about a get-right game for the Packers, but the Raiders have their get-right game. They have their best. They have their best offensive day. They have their best defensive day. Jimmy G has another solid performance against the Packers, where he's the best game manager probably in football among quarterbacks, and he manages another game to to a victory for the Raiders and gets the Raiders back on track. A team that's really been struggling. They've lost three straight games since winning their opener in Denver by one point, but. Gil, with all that being said, what's your prediction? What happens? Packers 27, Raiders 23. You know, I have the Packers winning too, but I think it's going to be a lot, uh, it's going to be a lot wider of a margin. I think the Packers win 34 to 20. Uh, the Packers have not lost to the Raiders since 1987. They're going to win their ninth consecutive game against the Raiders. This Packers offense, I think they're going to get it together. It's a Raiders defense that is not very good. Two helmets on Max Crosby at all time, and you're going to be fine on offense. Defensively, just look to take it, just look to get that football. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw a bad pass or two. You got to take advantage. You got to get after him too. You got to shut down the run. You got to shut down Josh Jacobs first. And then also another factor too, the Raiders fans don't want Josh McDaniels anymore. That team is crumbling. I think there's a lot of issues behind closed doors in Vegas, and this could be the game if if there this this has the makings of a blow to me where the Raiders just there's a lot of there's been a lot of complaints by players Devontae Adams too saying this isn't this isn't the way they want it to be they're not doing things the right way there in Vegas and I think it's going to crumble and Josh McDaniels may be the first coach to get fired uh, this season before the end of the season. 
Uh, Gil, before we have some trivia and we wrap up, what articles do you have coming up online for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV? Well, Cheesehead, I did uh, talk a little bit about the challenge of stopping Devontae Adams, so that was uh, certainly something I addressed. Uh have my game preview coming up on uh, the Packers Post and also uh, just finished an article on five things the Packers can do to run the football a little bit better. Uh, if they take even some of my advice, I think they'll be in decent shape, but uh, far be it for me to tell Matt LaFleur how to do his job. <laughs> well, Gil, if they do what you say, I think you're going to get a call from 1265 Lombardi any day now. <laughs> but the whole thing is they got to be successful, though. they got to be successful. Details, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they know way more than we ever will, but yes. I, I, hope that, I hope they sometimes just click on some articles of yours just to see what's going on and what I, other ideas there are out there. But you ready for some trivia? I am ready. Well, we just mentioned the Packers. They've won eight consecutive games against the Raiders. The last time the Raiders won this matchup between these teams was in 1987 when they were the L.A. Raiders. They beat the Packers 20 to nothing. Who started at quarterback that day for the Packers? Randy Wright. Bingo. You nailed it. <laughs> the former Wisconsin Badger had a rough day at Lambeau that day. He completed Eight of 21 passes for 99 yards and threw three interceptions. He was also sacked four times. And Gil, for a bonus point, do you know who is he was later replaced in the game by? Don Mikowski. Bingo. Wally put 2.0. Don Mikowski, the magic man. Do you remember that game at all? I, do you? I do. I do. Really? Okay. It was do you remember how disappointing opener. it was? <laughs> it was the season opener, and I know the following week, the Packers – played the Broncos, I believe that game was in Milwaukee, and it was like a downpour, and the field was just a bog of mud, and I remember specifically that Mikowski started that game against Denver, so that Randy Wright's poor performance against the Raiders led to him losing the starting job. Man, you are a wealth of knowledge, my friend. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. But that shutout by the Packers, do you know, for extra bonus points, we don't keep track, but we we, we kind of do, but we don't. But do you know when the next shutout happened at Lambeau Field? The next shutout after that at Lambeau Field. When the Packers got shut out. Yeah, yeah, no. Because uh, I know the Packers shut out the Raiders in 93 when the Lambeau Leap was invented. Uh, but that's not what you're going for. The next time the Packers were shut out after that. No, not off the top of my head. And that's okay. That's a lot. Uh, it was 1991. They got shut out at home, and then they went another 15 years before being shut out again. Uh, unfortunately, both times it was against the Chicago Bears. Bears. But yeah, we, I we, we, we you mentioned it. Yeah, we, we we own them now, so it's it's in the past and it's it's over and it's uh, it's collecting interest and all that stuff. So it's all done. But the Packers, they're in the Sin City. They're going to play the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football. Kickoff from Vegas is at seven fifteen, I believe. I'll double check that. But you get you, you guys have phones too. You can double check as well. You get alerts on your phone. Uh, yours truly will also be in attendance. I will be at the game as a fan. I won't be working, but maybe I can write it off on my taxes at the end of the year. So we'll, we'll try. We'll try something. Give me Gil. a call from the game. We'll talk business for five minutes, and then you can write it off. Bingo. And then we got, we got call history right there. I love it. So 
Packers looking to extend their winning streak over the Raiders, advance to three and two going into their bye week. So this is going to be our last little bit of football before, you know, we're off for a couple of weeks, Gil. So let's, let's, uh, let's leave with a good taste in our mouth. Well, we'll be here. We'll still do a show, but yes, we will. Yes, yes we will. But, but the Packers will have a week off and that's a, uh, you know, a good thing. Hopefully they can get fully healthy after that because, uh, well, it's been, you know, it's not just the number of injuries, it's who's been injured. It seems like if you played in a Pro Bowl, you're getting hurt, and that's very, very frustrating from a Packers fan perspective. But that's going to do it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at GB Packers Sean. Stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. Or you can email us at gbpackershawn at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!